Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for a special Let's Ride podcast. We are coming off the Pittsburgh Steelers Monday night win over the Cleveland Browns. This was special in Week 17. And this podcast is supposed to be special because I'm just supposed to do the winners and losers and then get on with it, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so. I got to be honest with you, that's probably not going to happen. If you're thinking, well, I'll just listen to this real quick podcast. Well, it's probably going to be more like 30 minutes than it is anything else because I sit here in my little sound room in the basement. I've got my Ben Roethlisberger authentic 2004 home jersey. This is one of my favorite jerseys that I own. I own a lot of Ben Roethlisberger jerseys. Have throwbacks, have alternates, have home, have away, have replicas, have authentic. This is one of my favorites. This is like the first authentic jersey that I had. And as I got this out of my closet before the game, I'm not going to lie to you people. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm not going to lie. I kind of looked at this jersey and was like, Wow, like th- this is the last time Ben's going to wear this black jersey. And so then I went and sat down, and I was watching the game, and I turned on ESPN, and they're showing kind of like the introductions. They're showing the Ben coming out of the tunnel. I I, I got a little emotional. I'm going to be honest with you. And, and if, if you're invested in this team like we are, the, the ride-or-die crew, the, the, the loyal followers of Behind the Steel Curtain, if you're as invested as we are, you probably got a little emotional too. And you might not have shed a tear like many of us, myself included, did. But you probably got pretty sad. And so then my wife, okay, so my kids are there and they're like, why are, why are you sad? Why, is it, why are they sad? Why is everyone crying? They don't get it. After the kids go to bed, my wife comes in to watch the rest of the second half with me. And she's talking to me about the game and, and we're talking about Roethlisberger and she kind of laughs at me that I've, I was kind of, you know, I told her, I was like, I kind of got a little emotional earlier. And she kind of laughed at me. But then she thought about it, and she's like, this is this is kind of sad. She said, why in the heck am I feeling sad about this? And I told her, I said, it's because for me, this guy's been the quarterback of the Steelers since 2004. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a big part of my life. They've always been a big part of my life. When I was a kid, it was a way that I connected with my father and with my family and with my dad's buddies that would come over, uh, with my friends at school. And then as I got older, I became more invested myself. And then it eventually morphed into what it is now with me having my own podcast and running a website and writing articles and doing all the stuff, which is work, but it's it's also fun. It's a it's It's a passion that I get to do for a job now. And so throughout all of it, throughout all of it, since 2004, Ben Roethlisberger has been the guy. And he's been my favorite player of all time since 2004. And so I I mark moments in my life with the Steelers. Always have, always will. For instance, the the 2008-2009 season where they won Super Bowl 43, my son was just born in November of of 2008. I got him out of his crib and wrapped him in a terrible towel, and we celebrated the the sixth Super Bowl win. You remember these things. I remember my wife getting me my very first Ben Roethlisberger jersey. It was an away jersey. It's a replica. I still have it, and it's never been washed once. 
yes, the neck is very brown. <laughs> that's that's beside the point. It's never been washed, and I'm not going to wash it. She 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 had a friend of a, a friend of a friend that had to go to Heinz Field. They were going to Heinz Field for a game. They got me a white Roethlisberger replica Reebok in 2004. I remember that. I remember where I was when she gave it to me. I remember she took a picture of me in it. I remember everything, and, and you, you just think about these moments. I, I still remember being on a golf course, those that live in the Mid-Atlantic, in Greencastle, Pennsylvania. I was playing Greencastle Greens, and I was with a good friend of mine from college, and I get a text from my dad, I think, that said Ben's, Ben was in a car. Ben was in an accident. You would think they're talking about a personal family member that was in an accident. No, it's the Steelers quarterback. That was when he was in a motorcycle accident. People were wondering, is he ever going to play football again? You know, we had no idea what the injury was, but that's that's where I was. I remember where I was when that happened. Some might laugh at this and say, Jeff, boy, you really take this a little too far. That's just the way that I am. And now it's a, it's it's coming to an end. It's coming to a conclusion. And it felt like this game, for some reason, and this is what's difficult for me, as I kind of talk this out, I have no notes here, people. I'm just I'm just going off the cuff. For me, it feels like this was the crescendo. If you know anything about music, you know that's where it comes to a a a focal point. They still have a game to play, and believe it or not, the Steelers' playoff hopes are still hanging by a thread. But they still exist. If they go into Baltimore and win, and somehow, some way, Trevor Lawrence finds a way to beat the Indianapolis Colts. The Steelers are in. They're in. And so I hope that the Steelers didn't expo- you know, expend all this energy and their all of the, the emotion of this game and forget about the fact that they still have another one next week. But that's neither here nor there. We'll worry about that next week. But for tonight or this morning when I'm recording this, this win, this game was one I will never forget. I don't think anyone that watched this game will ever forget. I know there are several Ride or Die crew members that were at the game. They will never forget it. I know that we had uh, both of our What Yins Talking About podcasters at the game. I guarantee you, you asked them that they would be. They would probably tell you grown men were literally probably in tears after that game. And that is fine. That is 100% fine. You are not any lesser of a man or a woman. If you found yourself getting emotional over a game and over a player that you've never met likely and never will meet, the Steelers team, for those people that listen to these podcasts every single day, that read our articles, that know the team inside and out, it's more than just a football team. It's family. I got that text. Ben was in an accident. That wasn't a family member. That was a Steeler. Felt like a family member, though. This is family, and we're, we're losing one. No, thankfully he's not ill or anything like that, but he's calling it quits. He's calling it quits. And, you know, I, I'll never forget something my 11-year-old, or she's going to be 11-year-old in, in, in about a week or so. Um, she said as she's sitting on the couch next to me as they're doing the intros, and she sees me, and I'm kind of sad, and everyone else is kind of sad in the way that the announcers are talking. And she said, well, I don't understand it. Like, why is he getting emotional when he's just he's choosing – to stop playing. And I said, well, you know, sometimes you realize that like the writing's on the wall and you've 
basically made up your mind that you're done. And there's a part of you that doesn't want to be done. There's a part of you that wants to live like that for the rest of your life. But then there's another part of you that's like, okay, it's time. And eventually that one part that says it's time overrules the other. And I tried to explain to her how, you know, I coached, I coached high school. I was a high school varsity coach. I did not coach football. I coached lacrosse. And I coached in the state of Maryland, which if you know anything about Maryland, it's known for its lacrosse programs. And we were very competitive. And I coached uh, for 13 years as a head coach. And it came to a point where I realized that I've had this feeling in my gut over the years, like, okay, my time's coming. Like I'm having more children and I need to be home with them. I was missing uh, moments in their life that I didn't want to miss. And I made the decision to step down after my last season. And I was a flipping wreck when I made that decision. Uh, and I tried to explain that to her. She understand Ben Roethlisberger, what a better way for him to go out than this game. When you think about the game in and of itself, as, as a complete game, we're going to get into the stats and all that in the second half of the show when I do the winners and losers, but as a complete game, as a complete team victory, this was possibly as perfect as it gets for Ben Roethlisberger. What a way to go out. I'm happy that they won. Uh, I was I was actually literally not stressed or anxious, but I was really concerned that the Steelers were going to go out and lay an egg. We've seen them do it so many times this season. I mean, could you imagine if Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field was maybe like the game against the Bengals earlier this year or a game like the Kansas City Chiefs last week or the Minnesota Vikings or even the L.A. Chargers? Could you imagine if that's what it was? Oh, that'd be gut-wrenching. That would be gut-wrenching. But thankfully, thankfully it's not. It's not. It wasn't. It was a great game. It was a great win. And us as Steeler fans will always have this win. Ben can talk about how appreciative he is, but fans, we can never thank him enough and show our appreciation enough for what he's brought to us as fans throughout this time in 2000, from 2004 on. It didn't always equate into Super Bowls, but just think about what Ben Roethlisberger has meant to this city, the city of Pittsburgh, the, the Steeler Nation, which is a global thing, by the way. You know, we have we have guys that record that do our podcast from Australia for crying out loud. Think about that for a second. What Ben Roethlisberger means to every single one of us that wears the black and gold proudly and calls ourselves Steeler fans, I don't think he'll ever fully grasp that. But I want to take a minute before I take a quick break here and say for me and for everyone at Behind the Steel Curtain and every single Steeler fan around the globe, Ben Roethlisberger, we thank you. We thank you for being our quarterback since 2004 when you took the NFL football world by storm. We thank you for giving us those Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, and even the occasional Saturday where we could sit back and say, look at Ben slinging the rock. We thank you, but we also want to say we got one more left. I said this last Friday. Roethlisberger can finish this season whether they make the playoffs or not, in a legendary way. Beat the Browns at home, go into M&T Bank Stadium and beat the Ravens, and walk off the field with your head held high, they can still get that done. Browns, check. Win. Next up, the Ratbirds.
We're going to take a quick break when I come back. Winners and losers, stay tuned. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. It's the second segment here on the special Let's Ride podcast, and I'm talking about the winners and losers. And, you know, last week I did something I'd never done before. Never done it. And I had zero winners in my article after the 36-10 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. And I'm breaking my own rules again for the second straight week. Everyone always is curious the numbers. How many winners, how many losers? This week, there's 10 winners, 10 winners, double-digit winners, losers, zero, none, nada, none, zero, baby. We'll get to that in a second. Let's start with the winners. How can you start anywhere other than Ben Roethlisberger? (laughs) Listen to this stat line, okay? Just listen. He finishes 24 of 46, through 46 times. 123 yards, a 2.7 yard average, one touchdown, one interception. Gosh, that blemish. I hate to see it because it was a meaningless pass at the end of the first half. Meant nothing. He was sacked two times for 14 yards with a rating of 56.3. If you look at that stat line or listen to that stat line, <laughs> it looks bad, right? I mean, it looks like it's just really bad. Like you look, oh, but that that sounds awful. Well, you know what? You're wrong. If you ask me, it it sounds like it's beautiful, because in this game, the meaning of this game and how everything played out. Yeah, I mean, there might be some fans that say you know Roethlisberger didn't play well or shouldn't be on the winners list. If you're one of those fans and you have the balls, sorry. If you have the cojones, the intestinal fortitude, the guts to say on social media to me, hey, Jeff, I I don't think Ben Roethlisberger should be on the the winner's list. Please identify yourself because I'm not one of those fans. For his last home game, the team put a team win together. I didn't care if he threw for 300 yards or 30 yards. If the team won... That's all that matters. And Ben Roethlisberger deserves to be on this list. I was glad he threw a touchdown. That was the pass to Deontay Johnson. They just did not move the ball well through the air. But still, nonetheless, Ben Roethlisberger is the ultimate winner in this game. No doubt about it. The next winner, which is probably the offensive MVP for this game, was none other than rookie sensation Najee Harris. Listen to his stat line. It's a little bit different. 28 carries. 188 yards, a 6.7 yard average. He had one touchdown and a 37 yard long, which was that touchdown run, which sealed the win. He also added three receptions for 18 yards on three targets. Do the math folks. That was wow. I mean, he's close to That's almost 200 yards of offense. Very, very impressive. It's he's a player that for me, at least just me personally, I've been watching him throughout this whole season, and all I see is if this guy could get an offensive line, he's going to be so special. But there's a lot of fans out there that kind of seem to have soured on Najee Harris as the team's running back and the team's number one overall pick. 
I understand it. I get it. But I bet they're singing a different tune after this game. Because if you ask me, it is crystal clear that if you give Najee Harris an offensive line that can create some separation and give him holes like the Steelers' offensive line did on Monday night, he will be able to abuse NFL defenses. The way he ran the ball on Monday night, in my opinion, should give fans hope for the future of the position and for the offense. So, Najee Harris, tip of the cap to you, my man. That's stiff arm, by the way. Woo! And we've seen him do it already once. This is not new. But my goodness, that was nasty. Good to see. Awesome to see Najee Harris deserves to be a winner. Next winner, TJ Watt. Stat line, five tackles, five solo tackles, four sacks, three tackles for loss, two quarterback hits, and two pass defenses. You know, it wasn't enough that T.J. Watt goes out and sets the Steelers team sack record. He seems like he's going after the NFL sack record, which is currently held by Michael Strahan. Now, if he does break that, it's going to happen in the 18th week, which, of course, everyone's going to say, well, it kind of reminds you of the old Babe Ruth record that was broken by Roger Maris, the 61 home runs where they wanted, they had an asterisk by it because he did it in more games than Ruth did it, blah, blah, blah. If you're a baseball fan, you know what that story is all about. In this case, though, Watt has been an absolute wrecking crew. And if you look at games where he actually played, because remember, he missed several games with injury this season, he would have still he would still break the record in, in less games than in than the regular season that Michael Strahan played, which was 16 games, 17 weeks. So in that case, fans should keep that in the back of their mind. Nonetheless, TJ Watt had four sacks. It's the first time in his career he's had four in a game. And he was a he was all over the field. I thought the best part, I had never seen, we've seen Watt play fired up. I've never seen him like this, though. T.J. Watt was, was actually, you know, <laughs> visually talking trash to Baker Mayfield, but not in a way, I mean, it was, it was blatant. We'll put it that way. It was blatant. I liked it. I loved the fire. You could tell these players were fired up. They wanted to win this game for a lot of reasons, one of them being Ben Roethlisberger. T.J. Watt, as always, deserves to be on the winner's list. Another player that deserves to always be on the winner's list is Cam Hayward. He finishes with a stat line of four tackles, four solo tackles, one sack, a tackle for loss, two pass defenses, and two quarterback hits. Early in the game, it was Hayward who was getting his big old mitts on the football, and he was knocking down passes and doing all that good stuff. And for Cam Hayward, when you think about how good he's been, he's a fellow captain on the team. Uh, you know, he's a guy that – think about the who, who the Steelers have lost on the defensive front. Tyson Alawalu, Stefan too. Could you imagine not having Cam Hayward? That thought alone is absolutely frightening. But then – I also want to say, I got to give kudos to Cam because he was the guy that kind of orchestrated when he and Derek Watt were getting ready to go up for the coin toss with Ben. He kind of did it, the old Joey Porter in Super Bowl 40 with Jerome Bettis where Bettis was running on the field and they all held, stayed back and let him go. Cam held back Derek Watt and said, hey, let Ben go and be the captain. That was a very classy move, a very classy gesture that Ben was out there as the lone captain in his final home game. So Cam Hayward is a winner for so many reasons. Play both on the as a captain, as a leader, and on the field, Cam Hayward always deserves to be a winner. The next, I, I would love to have named all these players out, but it would have been way too long of a list. I just went with the pass rush. The Steelers had nine total sacks of Baker Mayfield. So let me spell it out for you, for those that maybe didn't see the game live. Baker Mayfield was running for his life. 
TJ Watt had four sacks. Alex Highsmith had two. Cam Hayward had one. Derek Tushka had one. That was a great sack, by the way. And even Henry Mondo came up with a sack. It was a sack party. And it seemed like everyone was invited. It was great to see. I love when the Steelers just start to engulf the opposition. And that's exactly what happened on Monday Night Football. Uh, And I tweeted at Brian Balding, or Baldy, who always does those breakdowns on Twitter, which are fantastic. But he always just, oh, he gushes over the Browns' offensive line. Oh, the union, I think is what he calls them. Oh, the union or something stupid like that. And I said, hey, I I hope you post some breakdowns of the Steelers' defensive line making these guys look like fools because they were supposed to be fantastic. And I know they're missing some pieces. So are the Steelers' D- So is the Steelers' defense. Keep that in mind. But the pass rush deserves to be a winner. Next winner is Chris Boswell. Finishes 2-for-2 two two on extra points, 4-for-4 four four on field goals. Mr. Reliable, Mr. Reliable once again. Boswell's at, he is as good as they come, and he proves it on a weekly basis. Not much else there to say for that. The next winner, I never thought I would have this guy on the winner's list at all, let alone this many times in a season. It's Akello Witherspoon. He finishes with, he didn't have a tackle, but three pass defenses, and he does come up with another interception. I remember the lone memory of the Witherspoon trade was seeing his nameplate running behind Henry Ruggs versus the Raiders earlier this season as he was running into the end zone. You know, after that, he was benched. He was inactive for a long time. Myself, a lot of others at BTSC, Michael Beck, all said, this guy's a bum. He stinks. What a horrible trade. Uh, What were they thinking? Then all of a sudden, he starts to show up. He starts to play better. Two interceptions against Minnesota. Another interception here. I think his uh, three, maybe four interceptions as as a team leader. And, you know, he's going to be a free agent next season. He has the look of the of a player the Steelers might want to keep around. And what a turnaround. I will be the first to eat crow and say, you know what? I was wrong, and I've never been more happy to be wrong. Next winner, and this is going to be kind of a byproduct here, but is Trey Norwood. And the reason why I have Trey Norwood, his stat line is not crazy. All I have for his stat line is one interception. And you might be thinking, well, why does that even matter? Well, I'll tell you why it matters. It's not because they win the turnover differential. It's not that it's you know such a game-changing play. It was because when Norwood came up with that interception of Baker Mayfield with seconds left, it gave Ben Roethlisberger the chance to go in onto the field, victory formation, take a knee in the middle of Heinz Field, and let the crowd really give him and put him on center stage. Let's call a spade a spade. It put him on center stage, and he was able to just take it all in. That means something. At least to me it does. So kudos to Trey Norwood. It's not like he did it on purpose. I mean, he's just trying to make a play. But that interception, I'm sure that that meant a lot. The fact that Roethlisberger was able to get out there in the middle of the field. Next winner is Corliss Waitman, the punter. He had five punts for a 48.8 average. He had one inside the 20. Yeah, I didn't acknowledge Waitman's performance last week in Kansas City. Dave Schofield said that maybe he should be the lone winner. And I said, I'm not putting a punter on the lo- as a, the only winner in a game. Like, I'm just not going to do it. So there's more than one winner in this game, and I'm adding him to the list. You know, last week he did it on such short notice. He was on a team's practice squad. I might have said maybe the Atlanta Falcons or something like that. But Waitman has done enough to, in my opinion, at least earn a spot on the team's offseason roster and compete with Big Press, Presley Harvin the third. You know, his holding was on par. 
his kicks. You know, if he's been anything the last two weeks, and it's only two weeks, keep that in mind, he's been very consistent. And for punters, especially me, in my opinion, it's all I've ever wanted from a punter, whether it was Jordan Berry when he was here, whether it's Presley Harvin earlier this season, or whether it's Corliss Waitman now, all I want is consistency. And so far, he's been that. And also, great punt, by the way, for Waitman, getting the ball out of his own end zone. That was a tough kick, and he got it, he got it done. Had like a 51-yarder. So that's a, that was a good, a good play for him. The last winner, and one that probably means the most to me, was it was Heinz Field. So uh, the stat line is this. The place was rocking. You know, anyone that watched football in 2020 knows that Boy, were, were fans fans not being there just it really took something away from the event. And I have not been to a game since 2013. I said that uh, a couple shows ago. I think it was on a it might have been during a, a mailbag on Wednesday last week. But still, I haven't been there in a long time. But I know what it's like when it is rocking. And Hinesfield has not just it just hasn't had that atmosphere that we're used to seeing in a big game setting at Heinz Field. And maybe it's because some aren't comfortable going back out in those settings, and that's fine. That's your prerogative. And maybe it's because some people are trying to sell those tickets and make money. That's fine. That's your prerogative. Or maybe it's because some people don't really believe that this team has Super Bowl aspirations and they're not going to willing to go out there and, and freeze their butt off to watch a football game. And I get it. That's your prerogative. It was great to see Heinz Field packed. It was great to see the fans engaged Everyone that was there that was on Twitter, whether it was a beat writer or people that you know were tweeting during the game that were at the game said it had a playoff-like atmosphere to it. When Renegade played, my gosh, it was noticeable. It was loud. Baker Mayfield couldn't hear. It was awesome. It's been a while since we've seen it like that. You know, maybe we fans don't want have it. We don't wait until another organizational icon decides to call it quits to do it again. How, how's that sound? I think that sounds pretty good. But Heinz Field... Uh, deserves to be on the winner's list because the fans that were there were just tremendous, absolutely tremendous. The The chance of Cleveland sucks, and thank you, Ben. Um, I was waiting for one more year like they did with Jerome Bettis, uh, but Heinz Field, if you were there, kudos to you. You did a good job. The losers, as I said, you know, this is the first time since I've done this, the winners and losers column slash podcast, that I've never had any losers. And last week I couldn't find any winners, this week, I can't find a loser. I, you know, yeah, I could point to another substandard third-down offensive performance or maybe the inability to convert red zone trips into touchdowns or maybe the fact that Ray Ray McLeod, with, I think, 35 yards receiving, led the team in receiving um, or you know, just the aerial attack was just not effective. But not after this game. Not after the way all three phases played together to collectively get the win. You think about the offensive line opening holes for Najee Harris, and this, this, that's without, you know, no Kevin Dotson. And Dan Moore Jr. was limping around out there. And you got J.C. Hassenauer at center, not Kendrick Green. And all these things are happening. And you think about special teams with Waitman and, and Boswell and the defense with the sacks and the pressures. All three phases played together as a collective to get this win. And don't think for a second that Ben Roethlisberger wasn't a huge motivating factor for the entire roster and so for that no losers no losers today not for me at least i'm sure there's going to be people in the comment section of this article and maybe that chime in on the podcast side and go to twitter and say 
Jeff, you're such a homer. That's that's fine. You want to name a loser? Go ahead. Have at it. You can blame Matt Canada, Keith Butler, Mike Tomlin, fire them all. That, that's what you think. That's fine. But for me, on this night, on this occasion, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. No losers. We're celebrating Big Ben Roethlisberger, and it's the way that it should have ended. Just like this is the way the podcast should end. Uh, you know, I'm going to be back tomorrow, actually, on Wednesday. Uh, if you're listening to this, make sure you check me on Twitter, at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, underscore P-I-T. Look for the Shooter McGavin gif. Why? I'm going to be asking questions for the upcoming Mailbag podcast, and then I'll be back on Wednesday with that Mailbag podcast as we kind of turn the page quickly and get ready for the Ravens game coming up on Sunday at 1 o'clock. The Steelers win. Playoff hopes remain alive. Big Ben gets sent off the way that he should in his final game at Heinz Field. It still really hasn't sunk in yet, and I'm sure you're probably like me as I sit here at 1.30 in the morning recording this podcast. All right, folks, you know how I always finish out my podcast. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. I hope you enjoyed this special podcast. I know I did. I'll see you tomorrow for another episode of Let's Ride. Go Steelers. Burn it.